Hello, everyone. It is Bryson NFL. Back with my main man, Alonzo. We're doing our top 32 Patriots games from 2010 to present. All games included. Part one was absolutely amazing. It was incredible. Alonzo's getting ready to tell you that he wasn't. He wasn't that good for no, like two parts, no, and that's no. a complete I was, lie. I was, here's the thing. I was very good. I'll be honest. I know when I was trash. I was very good for, the, for most of the pod. I was bad for the divisional game, the Edelman return against the Chiefs. And basically, the point of that game was Edelman is the heart and soul of this fucking team. The 2015 team was the best team of the decade, period, in my opinion, with him. Without him, they just completely fell off the rails. And he came back, and they looked like the best team in the world again. So that was the point of that game. I kind of got lost there because there was shit happening um, around me, and I get distracted very easily. I'm like a squirrel, like a Julian Edelman type. And um, uh, the 2016 Brady's return against the, the Browns, Tom Brady was back. We were talking about him getting into the facility at 12.01 p.m., at 12.01 a.m. on that, um, that Monday morning. And he was back. It was an event. It was a holiday. He was back from the dead. It was fucking awesome. I'm sorry. I was trash for those two games. It's not going to happen again. I love all you guys. And um, let's get started with number 20. Alonzo, I just really hope that everyone else has taken these podcasts seriously like we have. You, you need to grab a six-pack. You need to sit down. You need to crack one open. You need to listen and just... Listen to us like we're at the bar with you talking because it's straight up what we're doing. No one else is doing this stuff. We're going on over with you. No one's going to be this cool. No one's going to be this smart about Patriots football and also be this cool. Just me and Alonzo. So here we go. We're going to start our list. Also that handsome. And also handsome. I, we're looking at each other. You can't see us, but we are also just yeah. very handsome. I wish I could show you how yeah. handsome we were, but we can't do that. Sorry. But okay, here we go. Number 20, Giants. 2015 comeback game as we spoke earlier Malcolm Butler's first year as a starter it was Odell versus Malcolm Butler it was a revenge game after the revenge game after the revenge game Butler wins the war after Odell strikes first I'm gonna let you take the floor Alonzo because you have a lot to say about this game all right so this game this game is special in its own fucked up way because I just I just finished talking about how Julian Edelman was the difference for that 2015 team. Like, that 2015 team was the best in the NFL with him. And it was, quite honestly, pretty bad without him. It was kind of like the 2018 team. And just about any Patriots team without Julian Edelman for this entire decade. Uh, Julian Edelman broke his foot in this game. Like, that ultimately in the big picture is what ended up mattering the most. Like, yeah, obviously, you win a regular season game, and it's fun. But I will trade Julian Edelman's foot for losing to the Giants like one billion times out of one billion. So this game sucked for that reason. And it was awesome because they still won the game. But, like, I think they played Brian Stork at left tackle in this game. If memory mm-hmm. serves, it, it was this game. They played Brian fucking Stork at left tackle. Oh, boy. And they won 27 to 26. You got Amendola's punt return, a play lost to history, which was iconic. Eric Martin sprung him on a block. And I have no idea how he didn't score. I think Deron Harmon might have tackled him from behind by accident. Um, so that, that was one play, signature play for Amendola as a Patriot, clutch Amendola. I don't remember the yards. Might have been a 69-yard touchdown because Gronk tends to do those things. It's a play that you'll see on NFL films and that you do see on NFL films. Every Gronk highlight reel, every Brady highlight reel, Brady throws it between two guys who just come in and they look like they're going to destroy Gronk, just sandwich him. They end up killing each other and wiping each other out. And Gronk just strolls into the end zone kind of soft jog in there with both his arms just outstretched gives us a huge Gronk spike and I think that's my lasting image from that game even though it should be Steven Guskowski making 
what was it, a 54-yard field goal to finish the game, to win the game, and a clutch drive just led by Amendola to get themselves in the position to do it. Landon Collins dropped an interception, which people are prone to do on Patriots game-winning drives, dropping picks. And everything about this game, man, it felt a lot like those Super Bowls because they, for some reason they just couldn't stop Eli Manning at the end of the game. Eli Manning went for um, – he, he led his team on a fucking – it was a killing just like emotion-draining drive that should have had Beckham catch the game-winning touchdown. But Malcolm Butler punched it out of his hands, had to settle for a field goal. And at that point, like, they gave Brady the ball back uh, with like a minute 40 left. This is Tom Brady goes to work, and he went to work, and with just an abhorrent offensive line, and no weapons aside of Gronkowski and Amendola, drives the team down. This was, by the way, their first full game without Deion Lewis, too. Drives the team down, game wins, moved to 9-0, stay undefeated, train somehow keeps rolling. Revenge for those Super Bowls. But not really revenge, but kind of revenge. Awesome game. Awesome fucking game. It was an incredible game. It was an F the Giants game. This was, like I just said, the revenge of the revenge. It was such a long time coming. The 2011 Super Bowl felt like that was that was the revenge game. It wasn't actually the Giants kicked their dicks in against. Again. It was the, 20, the 2011 Super Bowl. And the 2011 regular season game, too. Yep. These games, they had such similar scripts, pretty much all of them. It's it's just crazy. Like, the, for some reason, the Patriots just went down to fight the Giants. And every single time, the it's like, yeah, the Patriots can beat them. And every time, the Giants just fought extremely hard. This is an incredible Malcolm Butler game. As you said, sneaky good Malcolm Butler game. He got oh, beat he by great. Odo Beckham. He got beat by Odo Beckham in, the, in one of the first drives of the game. But then from then on out, he was actually really good. He actually frustrated Odell Beckham, if you remember. I think he was talking some mad shit to Malcolm Butler, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Beckham was insufferable in this game. <laughs> he was absolutely horrible. F the Giants. F the Giants. It was great to beat him. It was, great. it was just great to beat him. Overall, great win to beat the Giants. Finally, 2015. Yes. So long. Eight years coming. That was the destiny thing. Really did. <laughs> the monkey off their back, even though they yeah. won a Super Bowl. <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. No, I'm serious. It did. Because when when the Giants had to drive to get them up at 26-24, it just felt like, God damn, really? Really? Again? Are you kidding me? We can't beat this fucking team. Eli Manning is terrible and just against us, he's great. What? It was absurd. By the way, this was the worst game I've ever seen an NFL linebacker play. Jonathan Freeney was disgraceful. He was god-awful. No one will remember it. Maybe people who are listening to this or kind of get the light bulb. God, Jonathan Freeney was horrific for this entire season and for this game in particular. He was a disgrace. All right, let's move on here. Number 19. Oh, boy. We are getting into it. Everyone loves this game. 2018 Chiefs Sunday Night Football. This is an abs- one of the biggest games in Patriots history, regular season-wise, probably. Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady. And Alonso is not really sure what Dragon Ball Z is, I'm pretty sure. But I would compare this game no. to, to the Jiren Goku fight. Jiren is one of the strong, probably the strongest uh, warriors in his universe. He is the strongest warrior in his universe, as Goku is. It was a clash of two teams that will probably go down as all-time teams. If it's not for the Patriots, the Chiefs probably win the Super Bowl. And the other thing that stood out to me from this game is the season before you had Chiefs-Patriots, but Jordan Richards is no longer starting. He can't haunt us anymore. He started in 2017. He's not on the edge. He started in 2017 
against the Chiefs. Very cool beans, by the way. Very cool beans that Jordan Richards' experiment was. And also, Slow Tower, we deemed him because he was just playing like regular season High Tower, which is you, awful. He was slow tower. The diabetic. He was slow tower. He was. He was slow. He was a biscuit away from being a nose tackle, as everyone would say. Admittedly, himself, he would probably say, I was overweight. I wasn't playing good. He got an interception. He made a big play. Hill flipped off the crowd, got a drink poured, poured on him. The fan got charged. <laughs> it's probably forgotten in memory now. Yeah. Throwing drink on any throwing a drink or anything on any player is bad. I don't really care. But yeah, it is bad. It's bad, but yeah, like you just don't do that. That's a punk move. That's awful. I'll say the same thing about any fan that throws anything at any Patriots player and any Patriots fan that throws anything at any player, and that includes Tyree Kill. Even though Tyree Kill is the biggest scumbag I think in the NFL today, uh, people remember that game for this. For the Hill incident, because Hill obviously went and made it like a way bigger deal than it was. If we're being honest, like you, you don't do that, but well, come on, it's not that serious. Bryson, this game was fucking unbelievable. It was they these teams, like you said, they were both all-time teams. We didn't know it at the time, but this was probably the peak of the Pats' offense. For that year? Yes, it was. It was. Josh right? Gordon was there. Josh yes. Gordon played pretty much every snap. Um, Gronk, this might have been the healthiest Gronk was with Gordon on the field for the whole season, maybe besides that Miami game. And, man, they, the Chiefs could not stop this version of the Patriots. They just couldn't. And for the first half, the Patriots put the Chiefs in prison. And Tyree Kill on a touchdown. I think he missed uh, Kareem Hunt on one, two. I prefer to think those plays didn't exist, and I prefer to say that the Patriots just smothered the Chiefs' offense. It didn't really, but they were, they were fine. I mean, look, this game, for me, I'll remember it for the... Tyree Kill just being a supernova and being by far the the most dangerous player in the NFL. Uh, clearly, the fastest player I've ever seen on a football field. And I remember it for Brady to Gronk, crunch time, no crunching time, whatever you want to call it, just two, two monumental plays that were the defining moments of the game, won them the game. Also, by the way, Julian Edelman's first touchdown in like 600 days, which absurd to think about, but true. Yeah, it was an incredible game with an incredible finish. Tom Brady was absolutely amazing. Josh Gordon was amazing. All these amazing people were in our lives. I just wish so badly that Josh Gordon was there during the Super Bowl. This is the saddest part. I wish he was there. If Josh Gordon had been in the we'll talk about the Super Bowl later and where that is, but if he had been on the team still for that game, I think it would have been higher. Because he was he was the most, I mean, just Patriots, redemption, unique type story that they've had this whole decade, by far. And it worked, it worked perfectly, and the guy was a monster, and he picked up the offense like no receiver they have ever had could. He just came in and he was like, eh, he picked it up. And fucking, they did it, man. They did it without him. Weird. Weird because this, they won the Super Bowl. This game felt like the Tyree Kill coming out party. Tyree yeah. Kill literally ran, outran the Patriots secondary one play where everyone looked if it was a normal person, they were in position to just tackle him. But since he was Tyreek Hill and runs like a 3-9-40, just outran everyone, completely embarrassed everybody, scored a touchdown. At that moment, I thought, I never want to see Tyreek Hill play against the Patriots again in my entire life. I think I'm good with that. That's pretty scary. Yeah. Tyreek. Oh, fucking Tyreek Hill. 
somehow hold him to one catch in the AFC Championship game. By the way, crazy it remains remains crazy. I don't I don't understand, but yeah, that happened. All right, so next game number eighteen, two thousand eleven, AFC Divisional Round. This is against the Denver Broncos at home. And the ESPN headline read, No mercy. <laughs> Fueled by recent playoff failure, Tom Brady owns Denver. And this was actually Tom Brady's first playoff win since 2007. So they went four years? Three. Five Three. years? Without Three. a playoff Three. win? Three. Three. Three seasons, right? They went 08, Brady's ACL. 09, one and done against the Ravens. And 2010, one and done against the Jets. Yeah, so Brady's first playoff win since 2007. Tebow was a thing. He just beat the Steelers. They came into Gillette Stadium. Vince Wolfork broke his ribs, literally. He completed nine passes. Tom Brady had six touchdowns. It was, you kind of felt bad for the guy. I did anyways. It was awesome to see. But Tebow was literally running for his life out there. Bill Belichick owned him. It was uh it was a tough scene and an incredible Patriots win. Like this was a playoff game. This is a playoff team and the Patriots dismantled them in ways that we've like teams have never seen before. How many t- touchdowns did Tom Brady have in the first half? Uh, Brady Four? had Brady five touchdowns in the five first Five touchdowns half. in the first. The game was over. Tebow was getting murdered. He probably should have been in the hospital by halftime. It was awful. He completed yeah. like 40-some percent of his passes. He had yeah. no business being out there. Yeah, this was like the playoff version of the 59 nothing against the Titans where Brady probably could have had 10 touchdown passes if he wanted to. And they just they kind of let up in the second half for obvious reasons. Man, for me, I remember this game as Gronk. Playoff Gronk. Gronk had the most dominant regular season tight end ever the most dominant skill position season of the decade maybe of the 2010s just based on position based on context and offense and everything Gronk had been a monster and yet we hadn't seen it in the playoffs right we hadn't seen like they'd played one game in the playoffs and had Gronk and Hernandez and they were rookies and this was really them. We didn't know it at the time for Hernandez, especially, but them kind of at their peak. Not Gronk at his peak, but Hernandez for sure. And then just introducing themselves as playoff monsters. You remember they played Hernandez at running back for some plays. They just lined him up in the backfield and just shredded them. Hernandez took handoffs. He. The offense, they showed their versatility. They showed everything they had and the absolute ceiling of what the two tight ends could do together and what the no huddle could do. And Deion Branch was in there. He was making plays. Everyone, everyone besides Ocho Cinco was doing stuff. And they ended, I remember Skip Bayless, poor Skip Bayless with Tebow. I was dead. Uh, ended that. Tebow mania that was done. Everyone kind of saw it coming, or at least the smart people, the smart people did. But people were calling the Broncos the team of destiny and all that bullshit. And Patriots just said, "Nah, nah, <laughs> we're we're your daddies." Stop. It was a throttling like I've never seen in the playoffs. Probably it was absolutely yeah. awful. It was horrible. So number 17, Alonzo, 2018, AFC Divisional versus Chargers. This is the official underdog Patriots game, the meme of Tom Brady with the, with the dog mask, like the Eagles. We all took it and run with it. Everyone can weep yeah. because literally I remember everyone picked against the Patriots. They were I saying picked against not, the Patriots. They're not very good. They don't have good skill players. The Chargers are I so complete. Even though they're playing at home. By the way, the game, 35 to 7.5, James fucking White's offense. He was, he was taking handoffs. Those, 
those little touch forward passes, if you remember, he was the offensive line was dominating. For me, this is the this game was the start of one of the greatest offensive line performances in the playoffs that I've seen from the Patriots. Trent Brown went from I'm gonna be kind of lazy, take a couple plays off to every play, absolutely on. The running game was on, the passing blocking was on, Tom Brady was on, the offensive line dominating, Tom Brady dominating, Edelman dominating and without Josh Gordon you really didn't think this could happen and before we knew it it was 35 to 7 and a half this is an absolute butt kicking in front of the entire America to see I I still can't believe it happened the, the Patriots were up 35 to 7 and a half against the Chargers this game made no sense like everything you just said makes no sense right none it was like this is James White's offense, and you look at the other side, and they have Melvin Gordon, who's better than James White. They have Keenan Allen, who's elite. They have Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams. They're coming at you with Bosa and Ingram and Derwin James, and Desmond King was a fucking all-pro, and Casey Hayward. This Chargers team is loaded. They're just stacked everywhere. Um, Phil Rivers was on a roll. His arm was kind of... It's kind of getting a little noodly there, but the Chargers team is so, so talented. And the Patriots had just lost the guy who had basically been their offensive threat, 1A, 1B with Edelman and Gordon for the entire season. And I just didn't think they could pull it out. And then, like you said, next thing, first, it starts off 7-7, and it looks like it's going to be one of those, okay, here we go. Here comes a classic. And next thing you know, they're up 28-7, to seven and, you know, then 35-7 at halftime. It's like, what the fuck just happened? You know, for me, I'll remember it as Sony Michelle scoring a bunch of one-yard touchdowns, altering Tom Brady, destroying Tom Brady's playoff stats, giving Sports Talk Joe all the material to slander Tom Brady. I'm just kidding. It's fine. Sony can do all that. Do that all he wants. I don't really care. Um... Pat's offense, at, they they moved the ball against a defense that was significantly more talented than them. And I put this game over the Broncos game because, like you said, underdog Patriots, no one expected them to win. It was freezing, freezing cold. And next thing you know, we're singing your love, and they're up 28 points at halftime, and everyone looking at each other what the fuck happened absolutely that's literally what happened I, i'm not even sure what happened in the second half but all i know is the pitch was just dicking around the second half because they were up 35 oh, yeah. to 7 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, i remember no one, there was one play that was i was at that game it was gronk's last game at gillette gronk had one catch it was like on a slant and it was Vintage Gronk play. He carried like three guys, gained like 25 yards on a slant pattern. And Gillette, Edelman had an incredible game, right? Incredible. Tough catches everywhere, fighting for those seven extra yards that he gets after contact on every single play, somehow, some way. And Gillette went insane for one Gronk catch. And that was. I would guess the last the last catch Gronk ever makes Gillette. It's wild to think about, but yeah, yeah, just a a demolition where no one expected them to even win. And then it produced Brady's greatest post game line, which is, you know, everyone thinks we suck and we can't win any games, so we'll see. It'll be fun. And then it was fun, and they won the Super Bowl. It was very fun. <sighs> I just want everyone to stop and appreciate how we're taking the time to do a 32 best best wins from or best games from 2010 on. And if other franchises could compare, they would have a hard time finding 32 games that even come close. <laughs> what's the uh, next? What's the What's is, the next best is, second team? This is this stupid. Is, this, this is an embarrassment of middle, riches. This is a middle of a pack game from the 2010s and. They were up 35 to 7 at halftime. 
What in a playoff game? What? Oh like man! That. So next, our next game here, number sixteen. This actually isn't a win; it's a loss. But it's the 2015 AFC Championship game against the Broncos. I'll never forget this game. There was a huge snowstorm. We got 32 inches of snow later that night. I, my car was literally underneath in snow. I had to go to school the next day. I threw a big party. It was it was very against me. You know me, Alonzo. I don't like I don't like doing different stuff. I threw a big party, made a bunch of food. Don't like it was It wasn't good for the juju. It was a big yikes. Tom Brady was lucky to get out of this game. Marcus Cannon can F off from this game. Edelman rebroke his foot. Goss was a coward. A big coward. And then it was it was the worst game of all. I think he got hit 28 times, I want to say, or something like that. 20 sometimes. The stat, the stat was like 25. 20-sometimes 20, 20 Tom Brady got hit and hit hard. And yep. then all of a sudden... There was Owen Daniels was owning Jamie Collins. You oh could, my God! You've really hated to see that Owen Daniels corpse owning Jamie Collins, and then the all Patriots, of a sudden, inexplicably, by the way, I want to point this out: the Patriots playing off coverage on the Denver receivers when Peyton couldn't throw the ball past ten yards. What the fuck was that? What, what the special. fuck was that? Matt Patricia's special. Yeah, it match. was. Yeah, I, I, I saw people on Twitter after the game. It was like, oh, it was trying to lull them into a false sense of security. It's like, what? No. The guy can't throw past 10 yards. Just play, play just get in their face. Jam them. What are they going to do? Nothing. And then ridiculous, ridiculous game plan. Deplorable game plan on defense. Um, the offense that we had seen last week, the week prior with Edelman returning, looked nothing like the one they played in Denver. Um, they, I think the difference was the snap count. You know, Stork had to do the head bob and the silent count, which Von Miller and Marcus Ware were just jumping like crazy. Josh Klein and Marcus Cannon played two of the worst offensive line games that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you know, I'm not like an offensive line guru, so for me to notice how bad an offensive lineman in particular is playing in a given game is kind of ridiculous. They were. Awful, awful. Derek Wolf rubbed his nuts on Brady's face. I hated the Broncos team. Hated them. Peyton Manning did not deserve to win that game. He did not deserve to win that Super Bowl. The second best quarterback on that roster somehow wins the Super Bowl. Whatever, wins the game for ridiculous, ridiculous that he won that game. And I'm being negative about it, and yet. The game is 16th on our list, Bryson, and it's 16th on our list because it was an epic Tom Brady game. Every factor was against them, right? The Pats listed, I'm, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say they listed like 18 players as questionable for that game. It might have even been more. Obviously, they, most of them played, right? The guys that were on the fence played, and you could tell that they were on the fence team was a skeleton crew they were banged up edelman rebreaks his foot Amendola's playing with like an mcl tear Gronk had to get a chorus stone shot in his back before the uh i think his knee was still bugging him from what darian stewart did to him a couple months earlier in denver as well and you know brady's ankle even from the week 17 game against the dolphins just everyone was hurt right and Sebastian Vollmer is playing left tackle. I could go on and on, and I'm going on and on. James White gets 15 targets, and he's, he plays like absolute shit, by the way. Horrible James White game. Uh, sets the stage for what would later become James White is epic in the playoffs. But he was atrocious in this game. Steven Jackson had a one-yard touchdown. Like, that actually happened. Steven Jackson scored for the NFC Championship game for the Patriots. Steven Jackson played for the Patriots ridiculous um and they brady gets it like you say over 20 times somehow i don't know how they're in the game how are they in the game the quarterback's getting hit 20 fucking times over 20 times makes no sense for the team to be in the game and they were because of the patriots because it's Gronk, because it's brady and they were a two-point conversion away where if Edelman keeps running, 
or if Brady just throws it to Gronk, they win that game and they win the Super Bowl, man. That resiliency is perfect. It's just emblematic of what this team is. Of what this team in the decade has been. Not what the team is, but what it's been. So resilient. Doesn't matter who's on the field. Doesn't matter if they're hurt. But it's just they're going to go down kicking and screaming every time. Always. And this game is always going to be replayed. And it's going to be the final couple drives where Tom Brady and Gronk absolutely went into Hall of Fame mode. They clicked Hall of Fame mode. They set all their stats to 99. Gronk had some of the most ridiculous catches I've ever seen. Brady had some of the most ridiculous throws I've ever seen. The two-point conversion. Steven Guskowski coward. Uh, I, like, they're gonna st- they're, you're, you're going to be watching this drive like 30 years from now and be like, man, I remember that. That was... That might have been the greatest Gronk I've ever seen. That might have been the greatest Brady I've ever seen. And that's why it's on the list. Yeah. Yeah. God, I still... You know, the Patriots have won three Super Bowls in the past five years. So what do I have to complain about? I have nothing to complain about. I still have just... Ah, the what-ifs on this game. There are so many what-ifs on this game. To where... My God, man. Ugh. 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 I'm, oh, in well, I'm, thinking, I'm in pain. I'm in pain. I'm me, sad now. Let me brighten Make up me the mood. Make me let happy. me brighten up the mood. Here we go. Number 15, 2016 AFC Championship game against the Steelers. Yes. Mike Tomlin padlocked his locker room because he was so afraid of Bill Belichick. That he had, he had people watching the microwave for Bill Belichick. He had people watching under his bed for Bill Belichick. He padlocked the door. And from the jump, it was an FU drive from Brady and the Patriots. They were not fucking around. They went from the jump. They said, you play two coverages. We're going to absolutely own you. Here's Chris Hogan. Here's Joan Edelman. It was a bit foggy, if you guys remember the first drive. They instantly scored. Brady owned them. They mentally took the upper hand from as soon Malcolm as the game Mitchell. started. Malcolm Mitchell drops a third down pass, which if he catches it, they go down, they score a touchdown, and the game is over right there, right? They kicked a field goal, whatever. But you knew. You just knew. Edelman had that look. They just they went out. They came out in some like heavy formations. And then they would just spread the Steelers out, and the Steelers had no idea what was happening. And it was funny. They had, they had like, James Harrison covering Julian Edelman on some plays, Lawrence Timmons covering Julian Edelman on some plays. Just, I mean, Chris Hogan had nine catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, th- th- that's all I have to say, right? That's all I have to say. But... The game prior was Falcons-Packers, where cowardly Aaron Rodgers did absolutely nothing. Horrible, horrible Aaron Rodgers game. No one will ever talk about it. I will talk about it. He was horrible, awful, coward. That people mention him in the same sentence with Brady is a disgrace. Anyways, Julio Jones in that game had nine catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns, which is the identical line to Chris Hogan in the the Steelers game. That was like Julio Jones' career playoff game. That was just a special Julio game, just dominant. The Packers doing everything. They just can't stop Julio Jones. And the Patriots, two hours later, have a fucking white lacrosse player who can't be in coverage doing the exact same thing in the AFC Championship game. Like, what else do I need to say, man? Insane. Brady to Chris Hogan. That's all you need to say. Weep. Yeah. Brady's Weep. the goat. Weep. One, Weep. Yeah. This game, Weep. I think, I've been happier, obviously, watching Pats games. This game was the most relieved, kind of just like, the stress is out of my body. I'm just going to enjoy the moment right now. Because, again, the year before was the Broncos AFC Championship game, which they lost, that we just talked about. And it was like a traumatizing loss for me. It was awful. I hated it. And 
the whole season was just about getting back and getting to the Super Bowl and Brady's FU tour and like let's fucking go. Here we go. And when they lost Gronk for me, I just thought, man, maybe this season uh, I don't know. I talked myself back into the team, talked myself back off the ledge. When I saw Christian Black being positive on Twitter even after the Gronk season ending injury, I was like, man, they must be pretty good. So I was talked off the ledge by Christian Black. Shout out to you. And and when they made the Super Bowl, it was just, ah, this is, we're back. Here we go. Here we go. Man. We back. I don't know. It was such a relief. It was such a relief after, seriously, the, the AFC Championship game the year before was heartbreak for me, man. Heartbreak. And this... The way they laid the smack down. And when you, that, you know the moment when you realize that they're going to win? Like, there's always that moment in those games where even the blowouts where the score is kind of closer than the game indicates. And then they score. The, the Steelers miss on a third down or whatever. And, and at that point, you can just tell, like, oh, wait, there's five minutes left in the third quarter and the Patriots are up by 20 points. They're going to the Super Bowl. And that feeling just lasted for the entire night for me. And for just, it was an awesome, awesome feeling. Yeah. An absolutely incredible Brady game, incredible Edelman game. We love to see it. And now we're getting a number 14, 2013. We're back to it. You, you, you think the 2013 was so bad, but they have a lot of moments on here. 2013, the Browns comeback, the Josh Gordon game, the Patriots had a keep to lead. The Browns had this absolute firestorm. His name was Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon was allegedly drunk and high during this game. And he somehow played like I've never seen an NFL receiver play before. He was fast. He was gigantic. He was extremely handsome. He was everything I wanted and more. He stiff-armed to leap into the ground and took a slant (laughs) to the house. And... It was a, a big WTF moment where, my goodness, this guy, is he the greatest receiver of all time, Josh Gordon? Dude, Who was Talib. the quarterback? Talib was a top was, five corner. Jason Campbell. My guy, Jason Campbell was the quarterback, I'm pretty sure. And Talib that year, he put Jimmy Graham in jail. I, didn't, I don't think Jimmy Graham had a target when Talib was covering him against the Saints. Yeah, he... He really did a job on Julio Jones also, if I remember. Like, Josh Gordon doing what he did was just special, ridiculous. Like, I I mean, the Patriots always lock in on, like, they're going to take away your number one threat. And the Browns, besides Josh Gordon in that game, they had no number one threat. It was like Jordan Cameron. And Jordan Cameron was... Of you know, run of the mill journeyman tight end. The Patriots could focus on Josh Gordon, and that's it. And they couldn't do anything, nothing, nothing at all. Josh Gordon completely destroyed them. But that's not why the game's on the list. The game's on the list because, for my money, it's one of the best Patriots comebacks that I've ever seen. Jordan Cameron scored a touchdown with 239 left to make the game 26-14 to 14 in favor of the Browns. And at that point, you're saying it's over, right? Dad is in the stadium. He's watching the mm. game. The Jordan Cameron who's touchdown that? happens. Bro, who's dad, dad? Dad, Dad, Patriots SB 53. He's in <laughs> the stadium. He's in the building watching the game. Jordan Cameron scores right in front of him. And he's saying, man, this is over. Everyone's saying, ah, this is over. What the hell are they going to do? You know what they did? They went down. They scored a touchdown. They got the onside kick on a little hooch kick right you know, in the middle. Weird onside kick that they did, which always annoyed me. But that, that day worked. And they recovered it. Went down. Josh Boyce, enormous P.I. call. And they win the game. And it's incredible we've gotten this far talking about this game. And we haven't talked that it was maybe the most period victory that we have on this list. TJ Ward blew out Gronk's knee. 
Oh, that guy. Like, so Belichick much was so happened. mad. He was heated. But so much. Think about how much happened in that game. Like, the Patriots couldn't do anything on offense. Then TJ Ward blows out Gronk's knee. Josh Gordon goes, takes a slant 80 yards for a touchdown. The Browns seem to seal the game with a Jordan Cameron touchdown. And then just all of a sudden, the Patriots score two touchdowns in 239, and they win the game. Like, what? It's that resiliency, that never-say-die, that just completely defined the 2013 Patriots. And, like, it's incredible we have a game this high on the list with a team that's won so many playoff games in the decade that they barely won. They won by the skin of their teeth. And they lost the greatest tight end of all time for this season in. And it's on the list because it just exemplifies everything we love about the Patriots. Everything. And also set us up for Josh Gordon on the Patriots. That too. Which is the best thing that's ever happened to us, by the way. You know what's funny? Last year, last year we're like, you know what? We're not getting suckered back into Josh Gordon. He's already left us. But now here we are again, and we love it. <laughs> oh, man. I'm tweet- we're tweeting sucker lyrics for Josh Gordon. We're tweeting. <laughs> he's going to get suspended for the entire year. <laughs> no, no. He's going to come back. He's- here's the thing. He's going to come back for training camp. And, like, it's going to be – I'm going to make the prediction right now. I'm going on a Josh Gordon tangent. He's going to come back August 27th. The Patriots receivers will have looked like absolute shit outside of Julian Edelman for the entirety of training camp. Except for Nikhil Harry, who, you know, he flashes his physical traits, but it's pretty clear he doesn't know where he's going, right? Demarius Thomas is still on PUP. Maurice Harris can't beat press coverage. Philip Dorsett looks like trash. Patriots are trying to make trades. And Josh Gordon gets reinstated. And you're saying, man, we're fine. We're cool. We got Josh Gordon. We're fine. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to last this time. It's going to last. <laughs> Give him a good support system. Oh, brother, this is not healthy. And then, this is not healthy. Maybe week one, Josh Gordon's going to step out on the field. You know, he's going to have seven catches for 120 yards and a touchdown against the Steelers. And say, you know what? Here we go. It's Josh Gordon's season. And then before week two, He's going to get suspended indefinitely because that's how it works. That's just how it works, man. We're going to get sucked right back in, right back in. We're going to have a Gordon emergency podcast, everything, everything. And then it's going to go to shit. We know it. We know it. And we still, we're still, ah, I'm still, ah, I'm a sucker for him. I love the man. I love the man. I love him too. Next, next one on the list. You talked about a little bit. Number thirteen, another twenty thirteen game. The Saints come back in New Orleans. Everyone remembers this. I think I watched the first quarter, and I actually I went golfing. Not very. This isn't very uh, common for me to go just go golfing. One of my buddies must have hit me up. I remember being on the golf course and looking at my phone, and I actually caught the fourth quarter. Came back and. There Tom Brady was, just throwing lasers to Brain Soup, Austin Colley, Kimbrell Tompkins, Aaron Dobson. And like you said earlier, Tlaib sent uh, Jimmy Graham to prison. That was fun. I think you got it correct when you said he got zero targets, absolutely none. And it ended with a Kimbrell Tompkins jumping touchdown which, if you remember, Kenbrell Tompkins was always known to jump every time he caught the ball. This is not something you <laughs> want a wide receiver to do. But in this moment, it was required. He jumped. I don't know how Brady fit this ball in there. He did. I don't know how Brady led this drive. He did. Austin Colley was somehow getting the ball. Edelman was getting the ball. He started to drop off. I don't know how this game happened. It happened. It was one of Tom Brady's best comebacks of all time, somehow. Everyone remembers it. It was an amazing moment. I was, I, I was so, so, so happy whenever Kimbrough Hopkins caught the pass and was fist bumping. It seemed surreal. The team was not playing well at all by any means until the, the fourth quarter. It was trash. It was not was good. It was absolute not good. trash, man. This team was not good. This team pre-Bronk. Bronk came back the next week against the Jets. They ironically lost that game. Gronk had 17 targets in it. 
Um, Chris Jones pushing penalties. Ridiculous still to this day. But this game is, is special, right? It's Brady Breeze. You get Scott Zolak, one of the most iconic Patriots calls ever. Unicorn show ponies, where's the beef? That lives on. You hear it all the time. And it's because, the, I mean, the Patriots were done. They had lost this game. Brady threw an interception on what was supposed to be the game-winning drive. And at that point, you say, okay, the Patriots, they lost the game. There's no way they can win this. And somehow, I don't even remember how they get the ball back. And I think there was like 119 left on the clock. The Saints blew it, remember? There's NFL films. No, but the Saints, I think the Saints had like first and 10. Yes, they blew it. They gave us the ball right back. They gave the ball back, but you're saying, yeah, well, the Patriots need a touchdown. They'll have no timeouts. They'll have just over a minute left. Like, it'll be fine. And they were wrong, obviously. They, they shouldn't have ever like, given the ball back. They did. And there's NFL films of Brady saying on the sidelines, like, all right, we just we need to hit an end cut. Or McDaniel saying it. Like, we need to hit an end cut, and then, you know, we'll have a chance. And the first play of that drive, they just hit an end cut to Edelman. And, by the way, the end cut to Edelman to jumpstart, like, a late game comeback drive is it, – it's always. From that game forward – Think about all of their like crunch time fourth quarter. Gotta have a drives. It's always in cut to Julian Edelman. That's how it starts. It started in this game, and again, you say brain soup. Austin Collie makes a critical fourth down catch. Threw a fake spike to Aaron Dobson, which gains like seven yards, and Homan's getting looks and. Bro, just look at the names I'm saying. Danny Amendola was active for this game. It was, I think, the first or second game back from the torn groin. Obviously, he comes back immediately. He catches a pass in like the third quarter, gets hit in the helmet, and it looked like he had died on the field. It looked like he was dead. Luckily, he wasn't dead, but still, it left Brady throwing to a fucking skeleton crew of. Edelman just bad players outside of Edelman. They didn't even have Shane Vereen for this game. Like Brandon Bolden was their crunch time back. Think about that. Brandon Bolden in crunch time. Mm. What are we doing? Oh, brother. They won the football game. Unicorn show ponies. Where's the beef? Tom Brady. That's it. When you show Tom Brady's Hall of Fame highlights, this will be in there. The throw to Kimbrell Tompkins. That'll be one of the first, one of the first ten throws they show. Tom Brady leading oh, yeah. this drive was one of the most epic Tom Brady moments I've ever had in my entire life. This moment right here. That's why it's on the list. It was so epic. Go back and watch the drives. Look at the players. It was insane. So the next game, Alonzo, number twelve. We love this game. This game is so important for the history of the NFL. 2014 AFC Championship Ooh. game against the Colts. This was deflate gate. This is blunt force trauma. Brady was as sharp as ever. Luck owned by the defense. Jamie Collins looked like an all pro, looked like one of the best players in the NFL. Brady got suspended because of this game for four games. A lot of stuff happened because of this game. They blew the Colts out in incredible fashion. Imagine if that game was close, what people would say about that because of PSI and freaking footballs. No one wants to talk about how the NFL was actually pumping the balls up. They were pumping the balls up, and that's the whole reason why the ball boys were keeping a super close eye look on them because the NFL was low-key cheating the Patriots and setting them up. What's that word called when the police, is it called entrapment? Yeah, I I would like to call this entrapment because the NFL refs were inflating the balls way too big. And this game was huge. We still talk about the deflate gate game. It'll always be talked about. Low-key, Bill Belichick threw Tom Brady under the bus and his presser. Hated to see that. Hated to see that. You may disagree, but he went up there and said, I don't know, you have to ask Tom about the balls. As if Tom, out of Bill Belichick has never talked to the ball boys before. 
yeah, I disagree with that. I, oh, massive Bell. Bill Belichick oh. has never talked to the ball. Are you kidding me? It's you Bill, Bill Belichick. Belichick. Bro, yes. Bill Belichick is worried about PSI in his balls. Yes, he is. Yes. He That's knows. personal. If, all right. If Brady, if Brady likes Brady the ball. Brady knows too. Brady on the lower too. end, if Brady likes the balls on the lower end, it's Brady's responsibility to make sure that the balls are fine. Right or wrong? Yeah, but Bill Brady's Belichick knows. You're, te- you're telling me the coach that knows the guy who's playing the five on special teams doesn't know that Tom Brady wants his ball 12.5s and the refs have been overinflating them and the ball boys have been letting air out because the balls have actually been illegal let's, let's and the ball boys are making the illegal. Let's not talk yes. about the Yes, yes, not, yes, it's I'm important. Not, yes, Bill no, Belichick no, knew. Yes, no. he did cry. Weep, 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 weep. He knew. He knew. Uh, he all right. I'm not saying he didn't know, but I'm saying if if Belichick knows that Brady likes the balls on the lower end, right? That you know, with air pressure, will go down below 12.5. Which, by the way, it's almost imperceptible. Uh, if Belichick knows this, it's he he could easily just tell Brady in their meetings, right? Like, uh, you know, are the balls good? Ball's been good recently. All right, now you got to talk to Yastrzemski about that, and you got to talk to him about that. Like it's not me; it's all you. You make sure your balls are fine. I'm not like it's Ow. your feeling, and however you feel about them is how you feel about them. And you you better feel that they're fine. That's it. I think that's what it was. Um, I will always remember this game as blunt force trauma as Jamie Collins, as Darrell Revis, as even the, the Colts had a couple good tight ends. It was Kobe Fleener and then some other fucking guy. I don't really remember that guy's name. Some he other fucking guy. <laughs> he, 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 wore, he wore number 83. He, he was a pretty good blocker, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kobe Fleener and then another guy. Might have been uh, Wayne, Wayne something. I don't know. They, they, had, they had two pretty good tight ends and they had a ridiculous receiving core, and people thought that they were going to match Darrell Rebus up with T.Y. Hilton for this game. Massive, massive L. They just, just went with stuck Kyle work. Arrington on him, and T.Y. Hilton was seen on the sideline crying play. about it. Yeah. They're doubling me every play. Like, yeah, they are doubling you every play because every single other player on our secondary can eliminate every other skilled player on yours. This game is hilarious because... Obviously, it caused the flake gate, which is a kangaroo court. And they, the Patriots, I mean, yeah, they've, they haven't really been hurt by that. If anything, it's fueled them. It's been pretty funny. Fueled David Portnoy, shout out, Barstool. And Mike Kenzel, Mike Kenzel game. That was fucked up. It's the Ted Wells game. It's whatever you want to call it. But, man, Adam Vinatieri missed, I think it was two field goals. And it confirmed was a double agent sent by Bill Belichick to the Colts to ensure that the Patriots would always have a little wink-wink on the sidelines with Indy. Uh, when he missed that kick, I mean, you knew <laughs> the route. Uh, Josh Cribbs, I think, muffed the punt like right just to start the game. And the Colts, they were pretty big underdogs even going into it. Chris Sims picked them to win the game. Uh, that oh, was- oh, oh. Yeah. That guy, always wrong. Yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, anyway, Josh Cribbs like, muffed a punt right into Darius Fleming's hands. Um, Josh Cribbs was a Patriot once. Wasn't he? Well, Josh Cribbs, I, I'm not sure if he was a Patriot, but Josh was. Cribbs was a that game, and he was a Kent State Flash and returner, and he was the second best Kent State Flash for returner on the field that day. He, uh, yeah. Josh Cribbs, secret double agent. I don't know. It drove the Colts to sign Frank Gore, Andre Johnson, and draft Philip Dorsett. And, you know, uh, how, how'd those moves turn out? I don't know. You tell me. Oh, gosh. I Disgusting. Love I love Ryan Wilson. As, as we piece together this list, can we just say that Jamie Collins in this game was like peak of his powers Top, like people were talking, is this a top five NFL defensive player 
Oh, Jamie yeah. Collins was outstanding in this game. He was a f- yeah. absolute freak. A yeah. Freak. Yeah. This was Mike Lombardi always talked about uh, when he did the pod with Simmons about how he would tell Jamie Collins, like, we are as good as you want us to be. This was one of those games, right, where Jamie Collins just set the ceiling of the defense with how he played. He looked, I said it when we talked about the Jacoby game, the Jacoby Texans game. Jamie Collins sets our ceiling. Or he set our ceiling. He would. That's not what I said. Jamie Collins looked like Brian Urlacher, except he was black and he wore ninety one and he played for the Patriots. And uh, he was something else, man. He was something else. When he he made the the interception in this game, the Colts game, when he was running with the ball, he looked like he just looked so natural. He, it was it was disorienting. You guys can look that interception up. Man, you, you look like a faster, some kind of weird receiver running back, tight end. High. You look like a Hernandez running with the ball. I don't know. He's so unique. I hope he doesn't wear bags on his hands this year in practice. Because he was unique. Oh, my goodness. That version of Jamie Collins. Wow. My, one of my favorite Patriots players of all time, for sure. So number eleven, we come in. Jets Monday Night Football, 2010. The Patriots win 45 to three. You've got a lot of iconic things from this game, and number one is something that we never got to see win a Super Bowl. But long-haired Brady, totally underrated. Long-haired Brady was so upset at the entire world. He was so mad all the time. It seemed like. He was always yelling and screaming, and he brought him back. It was the Jets were nine and two. They actually had a good team. It was kind of a lot of people said it was like the passing of the torch thing. They got absolutely throttled, and this was the Aaron Hernandez eighty-five Gronk show. We saw like what they could be together. Welker, Edelman, and Woodhead. Woodhead. When I watch Woodhead, when I rewatch this game. Danny Woodhead literally just looked like white Deion Lewis to me. Like, I always thought that Woodhead was behind Vereen, and Vereen was behind Deion Lewis and behind James White. And Danny Woodhead literally looked like white Deion Lewis. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm exaggerating about that. He looked, he looked amazing. Danny Woodhead was just absolutely incredible, especially during this time. What do you think, Alonzo? All right. I remember I was 10 years old when this game happened, so I had to rewatch some highlights. Uh, I watched it in my parents' room in our old house that we moved into when we moved to Mexico. Back at least. Uh, yeah, man. I watched all the pregame. I had a couple Jets fans back home in New York and a couple Jets fans at school in Mexico, and they were all talking shit to me via by email by in person on facebook everyone was talking all their shit it was oh mark sanchez he's the next big thing he's uh rex ryan and blah 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 and the patriots came out and they just destroyed him it was was it the biggest blowout of the decade score wise it might have been they won by 42 points it's got to be up there. I think it's the biggest like margin of victory they've had all decade. If it wasn't, it's definitely top three. And this, yeah, this was a, one of many games where, you know, we, we had the passing the torch narrative in this game, and we had it nine years later in, um, in the Pats-Chiefs game, the Mahomes-Brady Sunday night game. And the Patriots just never say die, man. Never, never. This this wasn't a game where they needed a lot of resiliency, but it was a game where you know people wanted to not bury them, but wanted them to pass the torch, and they just wouldn't. And I'm not going to talk about what happened like two months later, because that makes me sad. It was one of my earliest sports heartbreaks. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. 
We did. I'm, I, I remember two from this game. Brady wore, I think he wore a scuba suit, and I don't think we could see his long hair in this game. I was so mad because Brady had long, he had the hair that would flow out from his helmet, and I, my fourth grade self, wanted to have Tom Brady's hair. <laughs> did any? I actually, there actually, I had Tom Brady's hair during this year, 2010. What? I had. I had extremely long hair down on my neck. Had long hair. It was flowing locks. Yeah, man. I was sunshine. People called me sunshine. Like, remember the Titans. But the Tom Brady long hair, man, it cannot go over. I just, please just grow your hair out, Tom. I just want to see. A guy in Remember the Titans. He was. They never said he was gay, but you just presume he was, maybe. Okay. Because of his actions on the show. But yeah, I want to see, I need to see long haired Tom Brady back. I don't care that Giselle doesn't like it and his hair is all messy. Like, this is the best version of Tom Brady. He was so pissed off all the time. He was just, he would sit on the sidelines and he would just, he there would, would constantly be, he, he would be scowling. He'd be saying F you. And what was the, he would just always be saying F you. And, it was awesome. That was my favorite version of Tom. See, now that Tom Brady has, I don't know what year he met Alex G, but now he's kind of calmed down a little bit on the sidelines, and he's he's not saying F you as much, but I, and he's won more because, because of it maybe. But, man, I love that long-haired Tom Brady. Bryson, we know he's won because of pliability. <laughs> a weep. <laughs> That's probably he is water. He's he's one with the cup. He flows with everything. I just want the long, long, long locks back. I want him back. This is the best version of Tom Brady. Every the red, the red throwbacks with Tom Brady's long hair. Oh, man, that's I, you know what? If you're in a church and you don't hang up the picture of Tom Brady and the reds with his long hair, that's Jesus right hey, there. Man. <laughs> Tom Brady and the locks with long hair in Detroit on Thanksgiving throws, I don't remember how many yards or how many touchdowns. They won the game 45-28. I was at the game on a Thanksgiving in Detroit. Ridiculous, right? Um, I'm at the game. He has a perfect passer rating. They say, like, is that a perfect game for a quarterback? Like, I'm trying to get my dad to explain. He's like, oh, not really, but, like, sort of, I guess. Um, and he had this beard too for that game. He just the hair was out of control, <laughs> man. The, the every just Tom Brady that year was that. I want to see long haired Tom Brady on the podium. He's too old for it now, though. It would kind of be weird. No, throw it back, throw it nah, back, dude. Dude, imagine a 42 year old with hair down to his neck. What? That's a midlife crisis. <laughs> That's very what are true. We doing? Tom Brady's moved on. He's moved on. Imagine that. He's, he's holding, holding VV in his arms as he's going to get his eighth Super Bowl. I don't uh, care. Championship ring. We were and, robbed. <laughs> uh, no, no. He kind of grew it out before the 52, too. Like that season at the end of it, he had. He had like decently long hair for his standards now, anyways. It was nothing close to the locks of 2010. It was also a different color. We're being honest, it was a different color. Is okay. Is 2010. I'm trying to think of the like the best Brady's I've ever seen. 2010 was definitely up there. The best Brady's. We were very young for 07, man. We were pretty young for 07. We were, but. I've, I I just feel like Tom Brady was a different, is a way different quarterback from 07 to the new dynasty now. Right? He's way more mobile. He's way more mobile. It feels like. Maybe yeah. he doesn't have quite the arm. Maybe, but I still think his arm is really good. Yeah, I think he doesn't rip. He doesn't casually rip those throws like he did in 07. Bro, 2016, Tom Brady was. Yes, my that God. was the 2016 lady. Yes, that was. We talked about that. Yeah, Patriots, Patriots the pornography. Super Bowl throws, the Super Bowl throws. He had 
I maintain it's the best throw I've ever seen from Tom Brady, and it was because it happened like right. We'll get to this later on the list, which is like on the next episode. But the best throw I've seen Tom Brady make is an outcut to Amendola in the Super Bowl, where the ball is out of his hands and Amendola hasn't even like began to make his cut, and it hits Amendola right in the hands. And I think Brady was concussed for that throw too. I'm not trying to oversell it or anything, but I'm pretty sure he got concussed the drive earlier, the drive, the game tying drive. And then in overtime, he was throwing seeds to people. Mm. At like 2016 Brady the whole way. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Alonzo, this ends part two. It was absolutely fun. Like we just said, it just keeps getting more fun. We're going to get into the Super Bowl wins. A lot of people, we we put it out on Twitter, like, what's your favorite Patriots list? Now we're going to start getting into your guys' absolutely favorite games you've ever seen in your entire lives as Patriots next. Thanks for joining us, and it'll be out shortly. And Alonzo will create his amazing threads, and we just love it. Right, Alonzo? We do love it, yeah. See you next time.